Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show. It is February 19th, and I believe there was some nice sunshine out there today, and we're in for a warm-up. <laughs> How about that weather? Friday afternoon, Wendy. Oh, we my gosh. The working Women's Show. Well, Mark kept walking over to the door, and I thought, I think he's a little concerned about whatever it is he's seeing because we could only see we could only see the snow falling. It was beautiful. But boy, when we pulled out onto when I pulled out onto 70, I was like, okay, we're not going to Springfield until Uh -uh. tomorrow. And that's what we did. Uh, Coming up at 1035 today, Lindsay Fletcher will join us to talk about Operation Shower. What a great nonprofit. And then the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club today welcomes Yangtze Chu who will be in St. Louis tomorrow at the St. Louis County Library. Okay, I watched the J-Lo movie. I am so excited (laughs) to hear what you have to say. Let me say this. I laughed my head off. I'm a J-Lo fan. It's like an hour-long music video with some acting in between. It's, I don't know that most people would like it. But do you see why it's kind of confusing people? (laughs) Yeah, it's what it is is a one-hour music video to go with her album, in my opinion. And there's acting in it, and she makes fun of herself. She says she's a hopeless romantic and goes back through her history, including her therapy sessions, which are acted out, and all of her friends going, no, here she goes again. No, no, don't let her do it. And these are high-profile friends too, yes. right? Yes, um, like- Sofia Vergara, Jay F- Jane Fonda. Wow. There were a bunch of artists who I... I did not know who they were, but we looked at the credits. You know, I, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't know, I think you have As to you be said, a J-Lo not, fan. Yeah, not for everybody, but. And understand the love addiction part, which she says she's a workaholic and a love addict and a hopeless romantic. And she goes into why. Is Ben part of it? <laughs> you'll you'll just you'll leave that out because you have to. Yes. Okay. But I, as a hopeless romantic, you identify who have been divorced three times. I identify, but you identify. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's because the way it sort of was presented, and not by Lynn. I'm I'm talking about before Lynn. It seemed like it was a, um, like a like a theme sort of a multimedia rollout of some... Yeah, to me, it was an hour-long music video with some acting in it. Oh, do you remember when Garth Brooks did the... He had the alternative or alternate personality, whatever it's called, Chris Gaines. That's what I was kind of picking up on this Jennifer Lopez thing, where it was just sort of an experimental No, nope, it's about her life. A okay. music video. That's my interpretation. A okay. one-hour well, music I can't, I can't wait. video. Uh, from the 314, the World Bank's Missouri text line is open. Hi, ladies. I've been meaning to ask you what you think of Capote and the Swans. We are addicted. Completely. We watched two episodes last night. It is fantastic. And, you know, I used to read Vogue magazine. The only reason I even know who some of these people are, like CZ Guest, CZ Guest is because yep. they were in the gossip column of Vogue magazine. Otherwise, I would have no idea who they were. Yeah, and I loved uh, Town and Country magazine when I was. Oh, that too. I would know, read from time to time. Growing up, it was just it was so lovely to see how the other half lived, and um, so those names were always the bold face names. But uh, the 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 performance of Tom, what is his? I I always blank when it comes time to share his the name. The actor who plays the, whoever's playing Truman Capote. He is an English actor. He is extremely 
mm-hmm. um, gifted, and he's just killing it. And I, I think everybody sort of compares Philip Seymour Hoffman, everybody else to to Philip Seymour Hoffman's portrayal of Truman Capote because he won an Oscar. Um, was this, In Cold Blood a movie? I never read the yes, book. Yes, it was. And I didn't want to see yes, the movie. Yes, it was. Too scary. It was. And Capote was all about um, In Cold Blood and how it came to him, how he wrote it, uh, the, you know, sort of the the impact of the the novel on his life and his relationships. And so that it's very good. And he and Harper Lee were best friends, but I was not clear if they both grew up in small rural southern towns and did not have money. I have to look that up. I don't he, know. He moved with his mother to move in. I think it was with his to move in with his grandmother. Um, his father was kind of ne'er do well, couldn't hold a job, and um, so they moved into this small town in Alabama, like two two doors away from Harper Lee. Okay. When he was like ten years old, that's my understanding. But How that could be wrong. No. We also watched. Oh, you've got your butter voice. Poor things. No. Okay. This is not my butter voice. And Lynn Denhouse has talked about this. It's been nominated for Best Picture and has many nominations. And if Emma Stone, who is the lead actor, wins, I get it. But I had real trouble watching it. Weird, strange, and I felt sick during part of it. Too graphic for me. It was too graphic. It was for me. it was troubling, more than troubling. Well, and that's why I there's this weird poor things phenomenon, at least on social media, where some people are saying, "Oh my gosh!" And people, this is these are people that I love. Yes, They're I've met saying, some of those too. I absolutely adored this movie, and so when it's something that's that polarizing, you think. Oh my gosh, we that's I've, why I've I wanted to it. watch it. Chris won't watch it, but he doesn't like he doesn't care which group he falls into. I just kind of want to know which group I fall into because Lynn was deeply affected by it in a negative way Me too. as you were. So, yeah, if you have seen poor things, A4126, Zach didn't like it, Connor didn't like it. They all thought it was and these are young men and they just thought it was beyond weird. Well, Mark thought it was just weird and strange. But when I was telling my best friend about it, she said, well, we just had dinner. A woman who I think the world of. She's so interesting. And, and she, she loved, loved it. it. And so Patty said, so I think I have to watch it, which is sort of how I felt. I heard what Lynn Denhouse thought, and I think Max Voise. But then I heard all these yeah. other people. I want to go and read reviews because I want to know why they loved it. Now, Emma Stone is amazing mm-hmm. because... You feel like you're watching a toddler in a grown woman's body. And then you feel like you're watching a tween. And then you watch this coming-of-age person turn into a young woman. But it's the creep factor to me. At one point, I said to Mark, I feel like a bad person watching this. Like, I feel icky. Yeah. And he said, well, let's just hang in there. Right. (laughs) We've come this far. Well, and, and because you never know, some of these movies at the last minute can take a hard left or a hard right and suddenly redemption, but it didn't happen. Well, and I want to know what you think of the J-Lo, This Is Me film. I'm dying. Because you're also a fan. Uh, oh, I love her. You know, I if adore you're, if, her. Yeah. Then I think I'll be very curious okay. to hear your reaction. Okay. But- and then you're also doing True Detective, 
which wrapped up last night, unbeknownst to me. Was that the finale last night? Connor? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. It was Don't... six parts. Yeah. Yes, they made it shorter this time. Yes, they did. And I didn't well, get the memo. Well, we won't talk about it because I know a lot of people have not I... seen it, including us. So, yeah. So, we're yeah, we won't say anything about it. Okay. Because we would be uninformed, <laughs> and that's just not what we do. Right. On a brighter note, Better Business Bureau here in St. Louis is such a great resource for all of us, for, whether you're a consumer or a business owner. They've been verifying the credibility of companies for over 100 years. So if you're looking for a company you can trust, you can start by going to the website, bbb.org. Their mission is to create an ethical workplace, and their staff works very hard to maintain a list of businesses and brands and charities that you can trust, and they'll work with you. Let's say you need to file a complaint or post a review or report a scam. The BBB will help you. You can also get project estimates from reputable businesses, so you'll have an idea of what a fair price is for your home projects even before you start shopping around. And if it just so happens you've come across something that sounds like a scam, let the Better Business Bureau know. They will start an investigation. Give them a call, 314-645-3300. That's 314-645-3300. Or check them out online at BBB.org. The Royal Banks of Missouri text line is open at 84126. And Wendy, from the 314, we were talking about J-Lo and her new movie that is out. I believe it's Netflix or Prime, one or the other. And our listener says, I am a fan of J-Lo's also. I liked and enjoyed the movie, and I liked how she made fun of herself and explained being a romantic, a hopeless romantic, I might add. She's amazing. Because I mean, I, I think so. You we, have homework, Wendy. You have, have to watch it. <laughs> I have. I definitely have homework. Um, but she, I think, once you once you reach a certain age, and I hate to always preface everything that I say with that phrase, but um, it's it's true because you do change. Because when I I was, I think I was like the rest of womankind when I saw the green dress, the safety pin Versace. Mm-hmm. I was like. Girl, why are you even why why did you I mean, why didn't you just go naked with mm-hmm. heels? Because that would be more <laughs> honest. And this was back in a time when she really went out on a limb. Yeah, when I think about that, it was such a huge deal. It at was the time. enormous. And now look at the fashion of see through everything. And- <laughs> yeah, where nothing is left to the imagination. But um, it was Elizabeth Hurley who did the safety pins. Oh, it was that's J-Lo right. who just did the green where right. the whole thing was it was just completely open. But every, I think a lot of women, I, I was not alone in my reaction. It was just like, oh, yeah, really? you know, eye roll. But um, she's just, when you see how hard she's worked, whatever motivates her, whatever drives her, um, she's a, she's just, a, she seems to be a, a, an amazing woman. And she was engaged to Alex Rodriguez, right? And they owned That's True right. Fusion Gyms together. Yes. Okay. Very I think, good. I don't think I she have, made an appearance in this. I had stricken or the A-Rod chapter I, because she was on her way back to Ben. I don't think he came up in this music video, but I might have missed it. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I loved the J-Lo documentary about the Super Bowl. I really did. I love that because I did too. she was in a bad mood. She was tired. She was all the things we all are from time to time instead of being the goddess, which is normally how we see her. But she's just I just I think she's just lovely. Have you ever had a like a, a town or an experience 
are in, you might be this way with Albers where you, you go to a place and it really touches your soul. And I know that sounds like a Hallmark movie, but eight, four, one, two, six, because, and, and what is it for you? It's, it's Springfield. It's Springfield, Missouri. Honestly. I mean, that's I grew, where this you is met my, Chris, right? right? This is my home. St. Louis is my home and will always be my home. But Springfield, when I when I when I had the job, when I was when I um, received word that I had been hired at Rock ninety nine, and I told my father, who had spent as Southwestern Bell management during a a labor dispute, my father and all the other managers went to Springfield. And when I called to tell my dad, I said, I said, I've, I've got a job in Springfield. And he goes, and he said, oh, Wendy. And I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> this isn't good. He said, he said, Springfield, Missouri is the most special place, he said, that I've ever been. It's like the, what does Moonlight Graham say in Field of Dreams? Like when you... If you you find it, a place. No, when you find that's that is one. But Connor probably if knows. you build it, they will come. But Moonlight Graham talks about a, a town where you once you go there, then the wind never blows so mm. cold again, or something like that. It's a beautiful line. I just can't remember. I'll have it. to go. I've never been to Springfield. But yeah, that's it's it's the people are so incredibly friendly, and we were talking about it over the weekend when we were there with Chris's mom and. His aunt and his friends and his neighbors of, you know, 50, 60 years. And I just I, – I don't think it was any – I don't think it was uh, a coincidence that I married somebody from Springfield. Because I loved it so much. And I wanted to come home, obviously, because home is home is home. But it's just a very special place. So, yeah, if you've ever had that, that um, experience with a, a home, you know, or a town other than your hometown – We'd love to know it. 84126. From the 636, I'm a 70-year-old guy. I've seen eight of the Oscar-nominated movies. Saw Poor Things. I was going to walk out, but I stayed. Felt like I should shower afterwards. I agree. But the more I thought about it, the more I liked the movie. It was like salt burns, so different from what is out there. The scenery and how Emma Stone changed and grew. I also liked American Fiction and Anatomy of a Fall. But even though I found it disturbing... I liked poor things. And maybe that's your explanation. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's your explanation in terms of of why people are saying that they liked it. Because there I'm who knows, but I'm 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 I think I'm gonna have to go home and watch it this afternoon. I, there's some list of odd awards they give out when I was going through emails today. Ryan Gosling won an award for stealing a movie. Oh. And Paul Giamatti and the Holdovers won for acting in the top half of his face. And they gave Emma Stone an award for courage, the courage to be ridiculous. Wow. And she was not ridiculous. It might have been ridiculous with some other actor, but she was frighteningly accurate. Aware. Where you feel like I'm watching an adult, but it's really... My four-year-old granddaughter. How does an adult do this? I'm going to have to watch it this afternoon and write a book report. Uh, Ridgeway, Colorado. Um, When I went to Scotland, I felt like I was home. Mm. There was just something about it. Uh, That was from the 217. When I went to college in Springfield, and I absolutely loved the town. 
Mary Lynn says Laurel, Mississippi. And then somebody from the 314 says, this is my most special place in all the world. Once a place touches you like this, the wind never blows so cold again. You feel it like it was your child. Mm. And I did tell you, and this was way, way, way before, (laughs) way before I had even put it all together. The area code is 417, which is, that's my number. That's my 417, number. 417. April 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I know that's, I know it's right. Mark's birthday. And my sister's birthday. But it was, it was, my, it was my dorm room. It was my dorm room at Fompon. It's the time of day that, that Kate was born. It was, I mean. Numerology? I, I'm not, in, I'm not into numerology, but it's my numeral- number. Right. It's my number. Do you have a lucky number, Connor? I have two lucky numbers. Um, I guess 14, it's my 14. birthday. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that makes sense. I don't really get into it like that though. I, mm-hmm. I, I know people that do, you know, I can't move to a, this address cause the numbers are wrong. Oh, so yeah, they're no, too I superstitious. Probably yeah. wouldn't. I'm just a little stitious. Would you ever, let's say you find, you found the perfect house that you loved, but you could not stand the street name. Would you still buy it? <laughs> that's a, you know, that's a great that's a great question. Um, from the 314, first trip to Paris many years ago. I've been back several times, but that first trip was magical, perhaps because I was in love. Mm. I get that. Mike from Accounting, Sedona, Arizona. If we could afford it, we'd move today. Yeah, I think we all have that. What is that? To to this point, what is that place for you? I don't. I think St. Louis. I, I don't really... I don't feel that way about houses I've lived in, even though I've loved them and lived in a house, you know, even my childhood home, my teenage home. I I, I guess I don't really have that. I mean, the ocean. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Ocean or see, and this is a constant debate. Ocean, desert, mountains. Like, ocean. If you me. if you hit that lottery today. Are you going to the ocean? I guess you could go to all three if you wouldn't wouldn't really have to choose. But the people are so friendly in Springfield. And that's what my father was saying. He said, I've never met people like that anywhere. I've never I've never been anywhere with some like fairy dust in the air. There's just something. And um, when we were at the grocery store uh, before we went to a party of a neighbor and dear friend of Chris's family for 50, 60 years, uh, I, I overheard eavesdropping, um, being nosy, observant, observant news but person. I, but I heard a man apologizing to a woman who worked at the store for troubling her to find an item. She in turn said, "Oh no, sir, I'm so sorry that you." It, it was a typical Springfield exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go to the grocery store at five o'clock in the morning. And people would just, well, hi, how are you? I mean, they're just so so incredibly friendly. Some people say that St. Louis is friendly like that. And I think in pockets it can be. Yes. In other pockets it isn't exactly. Mm-hmm. But this is my hometown. so Of course, yeah. You know, so it doesn't. In the mid-'80s I went to California and I wanted the whole California experience. I was so excited. Went to a restaurant in San Francisco that was real big at the time. I saw a movie star, Nicolette Sheridan, was there, and she was big at the time. And she was. We looked so much like tourists because we dressed up to go to the restaurant, and she came in in athleisure wear. And then we went to Southern California, and people would, like, talk when you were at the stoplights. Yes. And then there was an earthquake. 
<laughs> and I got the full you were like, okay, California experience, uh, and I'm like, I'm ready to go back to the I'm Midwest. I'm out of here. Now, speaking of the Midwest, though, and we're getting some fantastic uh, names of towns and stories, so thank you. Keep those coming in. Royal Banks of Missouri, text line 84126. We are driving home from Springfield. We drove past this huge billboard. I don't even know where we were. Because um, we've only made the trip 60,000 times <laughs> since we've right. been together for 37 years. But there was a billboard. It said, I swear to you, on the same line, guns, ammo, beer, liquor. And Chris and I both saw it at the same time. And we looked at each other and we said, maybe that's part of the problem. Like guns and ammo mm. and beer and liquor yeah. could we not separate those two right. I, it just was hilarious because sometimes you know you do wonder what do people from out of state when they're driving through our state Think. what sort of what sort of image do we do we project yes we're going to get to your comments on the world bank Missouri text line uh, after a bit cuz people have many places that touch their hearts yes they do and you know believe it or not uh your home is supposed to you're supposed to walk into your home and think, oh my goodness, it's exactly the way I've always wanted it to look. And if you're not there yet, it's because you haven't called the curtain exchange. Ellen and Barbara at the curtain exchange, those are the names that you need to remember because they're just the best when it comes to helping you realize your vision, not incorporating their vision into your vision but helping you realize your vision. Uh, they know all of the lingo. They know all of the looks. They know all of the styles. Uh, they know the verbiage, the things that we don't know they look for. And they can save you so much money because making a mistake uh, when it comes to your home decor, that can really be costly. So if you start with the best, you're going to have the best result. They are located at 8119 Maryland Avenue in the heart of Clayton. Don't let the name fool you. Yes, they have the absolutely stunning selection of ready-made and made-to-order window treatments. But they also have furniture, rugs, accessories, bedding, everything you need to pull it all together. The number is 314-863-1112. And please be sure to tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you. Registration is open for the fourth annual Operation Shower Charity Golf Tournament. It's presented by Royal Banks of Missouri, which also sponsors our text line. And Lindsay Fletcher joins Wendy and me on the phone. She is the director, product and program development for Operation Shower. Lindsay, thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. If we have listeners who have never heard of Operation Shower, what is it you do? Sure. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're based here in St. Louis, and our mission is to host amazing baby showers for groups of new and expectant military families. In town or out of town? So both. We have been so blessed through the years to work with a number of different sponsors who um, allow us to host our showers all over the country. Um, we've even made it to Italy once. Um, so, yeah, the, the showers are typically um, near or around military communities. And, um, you know, depending upon the sponsors um, and where they are located, um, the showers will take place all over the country. So, 
I, I think you could almost imagine that most of the the interest in this wonderful organization has been generated by firsthand experience. You know, when people, they hear about it and they think, oh, my gosh, I wish I had known about this before. Do they jump in with both feet, Lindsay? You know, it's so funny the number of people that will say, I have never heard of you. That is such an amazing idea. And we love that because we have... Of course, we have several elements of surprise that we want to keep under wraps, but we also want the military community to know what we're all about and um, and want to get involved. And, you know, we've worked with a number of corporate and individual sponsors through the years, um, one being Birdies for the Brave. That's the charitable initiative of the PGA Tour. And so a number of our events happen in conjunction with the tour events, um, we also work with Pepsi, and of course, you said Royal Banks of Missouri is a big supporter. Um, we've worked with the St. Louis Blues and even the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs Women's Organization. Um, it's it's such a gift to be able to do this for military families, and of course, we cannot do it without support from um, these corporate and individual donors. And yeah, it's it's so much fun. For me, it's personal because my husband served in the military as a Marine, um, did two tours in Iraq, and to be able to give back to fellow military spouses and, um, you know, these families completely uproot their lives. They move to new communities. They know very few people. And to be able to come alongside them and not only um, shower them with amazing gifts, but to also be able to say thank you and to put them in community with other families who know exactly what they're going through. Um, it's, it's just such a, a fun and um, unforgettable experience. So we've hosted over, well, coming up on 200 group baby showers, and we've been able to support 8,500 military families since 2007. That is fantastic. You can go to operationshower.org for more information. Lindsay, when and where is the golf tournament? Yeah, great question. So the golf tournament will be held on April 22nd. That's a Monday. And we are going to be at St. Albans Country Club. Um, Beautiful course. And thanks to Royal Banks of Missouri for allowing us to have our tournament there. All proceeds will benefit our mission, Operation Shower, and the military families that we serve. And we're still looking for for golfers and sponsors and auction items, and we would love to have uh, volunteers even. So um, like you were saying, we do have a website, operationshower.org backslash events, and that's where you can register and find out more about the event. And, Lindsay, you mentioned volunteers. Tell us about Operation Showers need for volunteers. Is that just for the golf tournament or year-round? Not necessarily. So, like I said, we're we're based here in St. Louis, and we have a an office in Clayton, and this is where we will pack and ship all of our gifts for the showers. Um, so we love having volunteers in the office helping us pack the boxes. Um, we fill these boxes that we call a shower in a box. Um, it's Everything from diapers and wipes to onesies, outfits, baby shoes, plush animals. Um, So we always need help packing those items and getting them to the shower venues before each event. 
And then, of course, we also have a, a registry um, on Amazon, and we welcome donations of new baby items that we can share with our military families. Lindsay, Wendy, and I will be doing our program on April 22nd at your golf tournament, so we look forward to meeting you there. For everybody else, please check out OperationShower.org, and you can find out. Uh, Wendy will put all this information on our Facebook page as well. So, Lindsay, a pleasure talking to you again, and we'll see you in April. Can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. And a programming note, every Saturday at 3 here on the Big 550, you can listen to Keep What's Yours. And that is a radio show hosted by Jeff Zufall and Josh Gilbert from the Heidi Glaus Show. And it's all about money. This time of year, of course, we're all thinking about taxes. Are you looking at that pile of save this important document on your desk and wondering, when am I going to get to this? Do you wait till the last minute and then panic a couple of nights before they're due? You don't have to do that. Jeff Zufall and his staff at Capital Advisory Group can help you. The radio show is called Keep What's Yours. Jeff has written a book, an Amazon bestseller called Keep What's Yours, and it is specifically for the small business owner to learn every legal deduction so that they don't overpay Uncle Sam. And Jeff learned about this a few years ago when new clients came to him and said, I overpaid Uncle Sam. What are you going to do about it? Well, Jeff refiled some of those taxes and was able to recoup money for some of his clients. But he wants you to be in a position of not having to worry about that. If you think you might like to become a client, give Jeff Zufall a call, 636-394-5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Or listen in this Saturday at 3 to keep what's yours right here on The Big 550. We are getting some great comments from you on the Royal Banks, Missouri tax line about which town has a special place in your heart. And again, Mary Lynn says, if you want fairy dust, check out Laurel, Mississippi. Manny Rowish Waters, Wisconsin. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Well, but it's an, it's a valiant effort because those are all... They're all Indian names in um, in Wisconsin and so hard to pronounce. Um, but she said that her in-laws had a place there. It's just – it's fascinating to me how you were introduced to a place. Mm-hmm. You know, was it, were you just driving through? Did you have somebody that you loved? Did you read the one about move to Missouri from New York City? Yes. Almost 50 years ago, while I still love New York City, St. Charles – City is my special place. Love living here. It is home. No place like it. Um, Somebody else said Papoose Lake. That's the same. That was the same texture. Um, oh, okay. Uh, San Diego. There's no way I could. Uh, okay. San Diego, the beauty, the weather, the culture, the history. It's just so expensive and so far from family. Uh, then another 314 texture. No way I could afford to live there, but San Francisco. I cried when we left there while on vacation. Door County. I've always wanted to go to Door County. Never have been there. One of my favorite artists, a former friend, lives there. Uh, is it Bentonville, Arkansas? Bentonville. Is that, yeah, that's, that's where the Crystal Bridges Museum is. That's right. And then um, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I've never been there. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Totally get that. Um, and Kara Cake Liz said Camden, Maine. So, yeah, if you if you have – oh, St. Joseph, Michigan. Good grief. That's oh. where my sister-in-law lived. Um, 
half of the time when she – I guess that's where she grew up. Uh, that's and, – and it's right on the lake. Yes. You know, I think that – Lake Michigan kind of qualifies as the ocean. <laughs> that well, would do it. That and, would work. And not only that, but they – if you do love the trees, you know, sort of that sense of the pines it's and the all – perfect combination. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember the first time we saw Lake Michigan – uh, when we were on our way up to to Saugatuck, and it was just it's like no sharks, mm-hmm. no salt, mm. no problem, you know, just perfect. I've never been to Saugatuck and just hear so many wonderful things about it. It's like it's like going. I think it's like going to New Hampshire or mm-hmm. Vermont. You mm-hmm. know, those little beautiful little towns. Only closer. Only closer. Yeah. And somebody said we were talking about would you not buy a house on a street if you didn't like the name of the street? And somebody said Old Slave Road in Wildwood. And I wonder what it takes to change the name of your street. You know, if everybody on the street said, we got to we got to change this. They had tried and I thought they were making progress there. But I then you lose you, you lose track of a story when it falls out of the headlines. Um, somebody said recently moved from St. Louis County. Did you read this one? To Chesterfield? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the bridge in O'Fallon. Very outgoing and friendly people there. More reserved and quiet in Chesterfield. Abingdon, Virginia, between the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Appalachian Mountains and Florence, Italy. Somebody says every time I visit, I know I'm home. Yeah, sometimes you you, you go to a place and you think it, it just touches you in some part mm-hmm. of your, you know, it's like you just feel like you belong there. And so we were asking uh, those questions. Old Slave Road was renamed. Okay, that's, oh, that's okay. good to know. A four one two six. If you can think of any of these wonderful places, that- and you know our good friend Karen Foss, who was recently in town, chose Santa Fe after she retired from Amarin and said that was a very special place to her. She had vacationed there. The climate was good for people who have allergies. It's an artist colony, and she's an artist, but. She also said, I've heard this from other people, Santa Fe and New Orleans are two American cities where you feel like you're in Europe. Mm. I, I believe that. Um, yeah, New Orleans is, New Orleans has so much, it's just such a powerful draw, mm-hmm. New Orleans is. It really is. The food, <laughs> the music, and the, the people music. there are so friendly. They really are. Uh, from the six or night places are night when you nice when you visit, but after you move to them for a few years, it's just like anywhere else. You could move to Disneyland, but it might become boring after all. I know when my family all moved to Sarasota, and you know this was forty years ago, but I would go visit, and every time I would visit, it's like wow, the bay, the water, it's right. so great, and they got used to it just as we get used to our environment here. Well, and you wonder if you live in a place that suddenly becomes a sensation, whether it's on TikTok or anywhere on social media, I'll bet they have a real love-hate relationship with that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Because one of the big places that you keep that I keep seeing um is Anna Maria Island in Florida and it's That's near Sarasota. Right. Yeah. It's 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 clearly somebody's trying to make it the next big thing. Right. But you you think of the poor people who live there they're like, "Oh no." Uh, right. Yeah, we don't want that much attention. Uh years ago, 1989, I went to Hawaii. And we met a guy and his wife from North St. Louis. And he said when you live on this island, there comes a time where you you just have to get off of the island. You know you're on an island and you have to get off the island 
and get on the mainland, even if it's for a visit. And I had never heard anybody say that before. I believe that. I believe that. He couldn't really explain anything else about it, except that he said, we are on an island. And he liked it much better than North St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And he, at the time, 1989, and and he was African-American, he said, I just do so much better here business-wise, et cetera. There's not as much racism. Uh, That was his opinion of Hawaii back in 1989. And because we had friends who lived there Mm -hmm. and they said that, um, that the the Hawaiians, you know, the natives, many times, and there are only like three hundred, <laughs> not many, that they can have a really um, um, unfriendly way about them because they we we have spoiled yes their their paradise. And this man Oscar said, "Oh, there's racism here, but it's not against African Americans." So I personally, being from North St. Louis, do better here. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that really is true. Sanibel Island, Florida. All the decades I've gone to Florida, never been there. It's beautiful. It was beautiful before Ian. I'm not sure how much is left mm-hmm. or how much they've been able to um, rebuild. But And somebody's talking about the traffic lights in Springfield, not as clean as it should be. Um, yeah, I, I'm not talking about um, appearances or the cosmetic side of just of the molecules, just the molecules. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I hope all of those little places around Sanibel and, you know, that, that they will come back. They always do. It just takes a long time after these storms. I've always wanted I don't know if it's the panhandle, but there's a part of Florida called Old Florida where it's still very 50s. And the Catskills, I am told, used to be like this. But I dirty dancing, I think. Yeah, I had friends who went there within the past four years, and they said, "Well, it's changed." Is that right, though? Is that is that correct in terms of dirty dancing and the Catskills and dirty borscht belt? Right, apparently took place there. And that's just has anybody ever been to the Catskills recently? And do they still have little cottages? And for some reason, I'm thinking. Rachel Ray used to have a place there or lived in upstate New York in a little cottage before she became rich and famous. Uh, There's so many parts of our own country that I have not been to and I'm curious about. And That's what Chris says constantly about retirement and how fun it would be just to say, okay, what section of the country do we want to explore for the next two months or, you know, three months Mm -hmm. when we retire? That would be neat. This is so funny. Helene says, we looked at a house in Kirkwood, 123 Peak. I know that street in Kirkwood. That's a lovely street. <laughs> 123 Peak. That would have been the street address. Yeah. Which is not bad. Uh, Northern Wisconsin, great place to visit. Supper clubs and a brandy old-fashioned. And kind of that 50s vibe, I think, that Jennifer's talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I have a friend who travels extensively and posts those pictures on Facebook. And it's like, you'll see... You know, the old supper clubs and things that you think you could never find are thriving in Wisconsin. I'm in love with this kind of furniture from the 40s that you say you think your grandmother had. It's blonde wood. The the brand I like is Haywood Wakefield. And it was made in Massachusetts originally. So that is like the only place that it's easy to find it. It's on Etsy and eBay. But I get emails from this one warehouse that's on the way to Chicago. Oh, boy. Where they get a whole bunch of this because in this part of the country, I don't think that many people have Haywood Wakefield or there's another guy, Paul Frankel, 
which who was a designer from back then. I just love that stuff. Now, there was a time when I owned a whole bunch of it before Mad Men hit TV. Mm-hmm. And I was downsizing. Uh-oh. And I sold it. Oh, buy boy. high, sell low. And then later when I went back to buy it, it's like, oh, my word. This yeah. stuff just went up 10 times. I, I sold it the wrong time, as per usual. Yeah. I think I think we all have we all have that affliction. I also saw, at least from a distance, my first Bucky's. And, and we have oh. the we have the Bucky's down in Springfield, and then there's another one up here that I cannot remember that it starts with a W, I think. Um, these super yes. it almost it looks like a football stadium. Gas stations with restaurants and yes. stuff. Yes. Wally's Bucky's, Wally's and Bucky's. Help or, us out, eight four one two six. I mean you could <laughs> and, and people talk about going into these gas stations for gastronomical right. you know uh, experiences. Coming up on Top of the Hour News with Jim Fairchild and ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show after that. This is the Big Five Fifty, KTRS, St. Louis. Happy Monday, February 19th, President's Day. There's no apostrophe. I, I've had this wrong all these years. On the Katie Couric web uh, newsletter this morning, they were saying it's possibly the most confusing holiday ever. First, there's no apostrophe. And second, ask a handful of people how it came about and you'll get different Well, didn't explanations. we, when we, were in, when we were in grade school, we used to celebrate Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday. Correct. And then they combined. I think you are correct. The yes. two and made it President's Day. Uh, it goes back to the 1770s. Traditionally, the day was celebrated with parades, grand balls, displays of great patriotism in the 1890s. 90 years after Washington's death, enthusiasm for this holiday began to wane. Over the next few decades, ambivalence toward Washington's birthday grew. So you're right. By the late 60s, they transformed it into kind of a generic celebration. In 1968, Congress passed the Monday Holiday Act, which mandated that President's Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, and Columbus Day all fall on a Monday. Well, what about Super Bowl Monday? Why did they leave that out in 1968? Yeah. That would have been that would have worked out brilliantly. For everyone, just make it a holiday. But then. Do you think there's any is is it is it valid to say that Major League Baseball? But as Connor pointed out, you, that's a series, mm. so you can't say, "Well, we have the Super Bowl holiday. Why don't we have the World Series holiday?" Because- right, it's too, it's too long. You know, it could last you know a week or longer than a week because they'll have off days in there for travel. I know that everybody objects to something. And we can't all agree on anything. But we are curious. Royal Banks, Missouri, text line 84126. Would you object to Super Bowl Monday being a holiday? And does President's Day have the same? You know, I wonder, like, when you were in school, was President's Day a big deal? Because George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, when we were in school, still a big deal. Yeah. Still a big, big deal. Not so much when you guys were. Did you get. It wasn't a day you got off, right? I was, yes. Oh no, I think I think we had school. Yeah, we did. I think we had school, and we had two. We had two holidays, if I'm not mistaken. Um, didn't we? Weren't we off for both? See, I thought we were off for both days. A four one two six. Since you are our memory, in most of my adult life, there have been no recognized holidays. 
you know, being in this business. Sure, there now, are. Oh, no, KTRS, not even we do, Christmas. which is yes. great. Great. Uh, somebody said, yes, I would, from the 314. Yes, you would object, and why? Tell us why. They should just make President's Day the Monday after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then everyone And is somebody happy. has suggested that. Yeah. yeah, great idea. The Super Bowl was not that big of a thing in 1968. That is true. Okay, what happened? It, it, it was just sort of, it was the AFC and the NFC, right? Or was it just I mean, I all guess the it was a, I guess it was a less of a deal because baseball was a bigger sport, maybe. I mean, football wasn't as big. Yeah, football uh, really, the, believe it or not, is in its infancy <laughs> in this country. When you think of Abner Doubleday and the turn of the century. Um, but But the actual NFL, I mean, the first Super Bowl wasn't... Well, so there, there was, they were 60s. two leagues, right? The, right. NFL, the NFL and the, the AFL, AFL, and then they the Super Bowl was the winner of each league playing each other. Right. And then they eventually merged, and that's the NFC and the AFC. Now, Connor, you're 26. Yes. So has it always been a big deal in your lifetime? Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. you played football. Yes, yes. It has been a big deal from my whole life. Super Bowl should be on Saturday night. Uh, the Super Bowl became far more commercialized than the president's birthdays, and that is true, too. Hmm. Um, everybody says just move the game to Saturday. Somebody else chimes in. The Super Bowl is over by 930. Getting up and going to work the next day should not be that hard. It's called self-control. Super Bowl Sunday is really kind of like a condensed Christmas holiday because there's all that stuff that you're eating that you really shouldn't be eating. True. You know, the sodium and things that we Normally, oh, the first Super Bowl was in 1967. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, in in my view, that's that's pretty yeah recent. When you talk about uh, baseball at the turn of the the 19th century, this is funny. <laughs> the employee in me says, "I'd love another holiday," even though I couldn't care less about football. The HR person in me says, "Whoa, another, another holiday. holiday! That's awesome." <laughs> well, yeah, and then we used to have. Um, the you know all of the moon launches all That's the space right. launches we would they would bring in the you know they'd bring in the television and that was like oh my gosh it was just like a holiday little mini holiday in school i was listening to abc radio this morning and you know the olympics are taking place in paris this summer and parisians closely guard their time off which is usually the months they're having the Olympics, maybe July and August. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. And so a lot of employees are getting big bonuses to stay on their job. And there are also some strikes going on in Paris to that end because can you imagine being an employee in this country and getting five weeks off? No, <laughs> no, no. And I think they're as, smarter. I just like I think young people are smarter because they're from the get go. They're into a work life balance. And this is this is just me. This has not been um, this has not been verified or validated by Jennifer Blome. Um, don't <laughs> want I don't want no, I, I don't want you to go down the canoe <laughs> over the falls with me. But I have always had a problem with with. Black History Month with Women's History. It's like, oh, we get a whole month. You know, wow. I mean, ooh. I, I just, 
And I know that these things are important, especially black history, because I don't think most of us would have known. Would have learned anything about the Tulsa massacre, about about any of these important things. Yeah, I learned that as an adult. I know. And we were like, you've got to be kidding. How could that have been left out of the textbook? But it's how can you how can you how can you confine that something that's that important Shouldn't it be sprinkled throughout the year? Those yes. those moments and but woman's history, we make up fifty percent of the population, and we we get a month mm. or a day, the and, International Day of the Woman. It's like what? Yes, I, it, I just I it, don't get that. It should be more, but I think the founders are like okay, or Heart Health Month, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Let's just slam people I, yeah, hard and, with these. PSAs and information right. so that people might and carry it that's, with them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where where a a group of people, rather large one, a rather <laughs> large group, gets one day yeah. to be celebrated. It's like mm-hmm. something just does not seem right there. So, are you okay with Mother's Day, Father's Day? Oh yeah, I'm talking about Black History Month or Women's History. That's those are chunks of the population, right? I'm absolutely. Fine with Mother's Day, if anybody's keeping track. Yeah. Well, we were pretty sure about that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Mother's Day and Father's Day are both fun. Uh, from the 314, they should make Taylor Swift's birthday a holiday. Oh. I'm just reading I'm, them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that might be tongue-in-cheek, you think? 618, um, the beer sponsors would never allow Saturday Super Bowl. They want both days of boozing. Huh. Yeah, we learned, okay, turn of the century, not the 19th century. Oh, you're right. I'm so, so sorry. We, we haven't been we haven't been listening to baseball <laughs> on our transistor radios since the 1700s. So sorry about Is that. Is that like the teacher? This texture talks about Leap Day, and that should probably be a holiday, right? Because he mentions he's a salaried employee. Does he get paid more for Leap Day? No, oh. wait, say that again? The texture, it says... Uh, you know, I'm working February 29th. I'm a salary employee. I guess that means I'm working for free. Maybe it should be a holiday. Leap day. Connor for president. How about, how about that? <laughs> it only happens once every four years. Connor McCarthy. We can't, we can't have a right. holiday once every four years. And it's so hilarious to meet somebody who was born on leap day. And they'll, how old are you? I'm four. It's like, <laughs> what? No, you're 36. Connor, when's your birthday again? It's in April. April 15th? April 14th. 14th. No, 16. It's every four. Okay. Math is 14th. hard. Yes, April, April 14th. 14th. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's April 14th. It's in our calendar. Don't That's you right. worry. <clears throat> the Jennifer and Wendy Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, have you ever looked at other people and envied another couple's relationship and wondered what their secret to happiness is? Or you just look at people and their parents and wonder, how do they get along so great when I'm having trouble with my own parents? Well, great relationships take work from all people involved, and sometimes all people involved need a little help. And if you have ever thought about therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It is entirely online. It is designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapy 
therapist at any time for no additional cost. And I did try this, and I did switch therapists after the first meeting because I felt it was not a match. I didn't have to tell that therapist. I just went back online and said, I'd like somebody else, and they sent me a bunch of profiles. And I ended up getting a therapist from Kirkwood, by the way, who I liked very much. Therapy can be a safe place to work through whatever challenges you face in all of your relationships. And it's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's for the rest of us, too, and we are sometimes considered the worried well. So visit BetterHelp.com slash J&W today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash J-N-W. Because Jennifer and I are aware that when there is news in the world of sports, you turn to the Jennifer and Wendy show <laughs> because we are we're just we're plugged in. And so with that in mind, KTRA sports director Brendan Weesey joins us with some pretty big news from Columbia. Yeah, Wendy, Jennifer, good morning. I appreciate you fitting me in. Uh, this is a massive surprise. The news broke within the last, oh, 25 minutes or so that. Mizzou Athletics Director Desiree Reed Francois is leaving to take the AD job at Arizona. Uh, this report comes from Pete Thamel at ESPN, a uh, very, uh, very credible reporter, and apparently uh, someone that uh, is tight enough with Desiree to where you, you pretty much have to believe this report to be accurate. Uh, just an absolute shock, to be honest, and I, I think for Mizzou fans, a pretty troubling development here just, again, within the last few minutes. Because they had such, I mean, I mean, you look at a Cotton Bowl success, um, you look at what she has been able to accomplish in a very short amount of time, and then Connor was just explaining during the break that Arizona uh, doesn't have anything close to uh, the deep pockets that she was enjoying here in 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 Missouri. Yeah, apparently they have a budget uh, problem in excess of a hundred million dollars there at Arizona. So she's going to go and try to clean up what is uh, uh, a pretty considerable mess down there. Now she's got ties to Arizona. Uh, apparently graduated law su- uh, law school there in the late 90s so there are there are some ties and, and a lot of her uh success has happened out west be it um uh, as an assistant ad she was the athletics director there uh, obviously at unlv so th- that certainly makes sense but from a a job perspective going from the sec to now a Big 12 school in Arizona. They will join the Big 12 next year. From that perspective, it uh, it's a bit of a head-scratcher. I mean, she has had uh, a ton of success at Mizzou. I feel like she has brought life to that athletics department. The fundraising has been through the roof. Remember, they just had that anonymous 60-plus oh million-dollar gift uh, donation a few weeks ago. And it, it just felt like things were really heading in the right direction under her leadership. She hired Dennis Gates, the basketball coach, of course. They went to the NCAA tournament for the first time quite some time, won a game in the NCAA tournament for the first time in more than a decade last year. Uh, she didn't hire Eli Drinkwitz, but you could feel like the she, I mean, she brought 
uh, a great perspective that uh, I, I think was rubbing off on that football program. This is just it's it's a really tough day if you're a Tiger fan because the, I, I think she had established herself in a very brief period of time as uh, one of the top athletics directors in the in the SEC. Brendan, what about contracts? Was her contract up, or how does that work? Uh, her contract was was not up, Jennifer. I imagine there will be some sort of buyout uh, initiated here. Uh, that's uh, it's it's life in college sports. So often we see these contracts aren't worth the paper mm-hmm. that they're printed on, and uh, ultimately a buyout will will come out, and we'll we'll see how much ultimately that is. I imagine as an AD, it's not going to be nearly as much as you would see as, say, a football coach, where sometimes those, as we've seen uh, elsewhere in the SEC, those can total in the tens, several tens of millions of dollars that uh, have to be paid out. I'm not sure that's going to be a significant case here. Something our colleague Ben Fredrickson has pointed out. In fact, he just tweeted this out moments ago, that there might have been some tensions between Desiree and some members of the board of curators. Now that is certainly an interesting detail. And as Ben pointed out, I don't think anybody believed it was serious enough to cause her to uh, immediately look for a new job. And uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but, after a, a very brief and successful run, it, it again, this is, and I should mention, this is not official yet from the University of Missouri. These are still just broadcast reports. But if those reports are true, this is a, a, a massive get for Arizona. And it feels like Mizzou does this every few years. They're once again looking for a new athletics director in Columbia. So obviously, Brendan, since Desiree, is reportedly going to Arizona. There's no such thing as a non-compete in these contracts. No, there's there there with Jennifer, um, and I, I think again from a Mizzou perspective, maybe you get a little bit from a, a buyout. That would that would be about it. And I'm not I, I'm not certain on any of the uh, any of the minute details, but this. Uh, this happens uh, quite a bit, and some would say maybe far too often. But she is uh, she is absolutely a, a hot commodity on the uh, on the athletics director market. She has established herself as one of the fast risers in this industry. Um, I believe she may have just recently turned fifty years old. I mean, she is, she has uh, many many good years. I, I mean, here is someone that really only within the last five to seven years uh, emerged on the scene as someone that was was capable of 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 leading a major athletics department but this is uh she she moved fast and had a ton of success at mizzou and i there was just a good vibe there was good energy i think around that athletics department for the first time in a long time and I, this is this is not going to be an easy job search, and I, and I don't know if they can find someone as popular as Desiree became in a very short period of time there in Columbia. Brenton Weesey will continue to follow this story for you, and you can listen throughout the day here on the Big Five Fifty. Brendan, thank you for breaking this news on our show. Thanks, and, and thank Brendan. You, 
Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Wendy, for making time for me. Appreciate it. Always take care. Hey, if you're turning 65 and going on Medicare or retirement is approaching, you have a lot of choices in your future, and Ryan Raphael can help you. Ryan is the owner of Senior Insurance Benefits. Everybody just calls him the Medicare man because he specializes in Medicare plans in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia, Tennessee, and Iowa. Here's what you do. You'll be getting all these brochures in the mail, and you've probably seen the commercials on TV about Medicare, and they can be confusing. But if you sit down with Ryan Raphael for an hour, he'll show you all the health insurance plans you are entitled to through Medicare. And if you are still working after the age of 65, as many of us are, he'll compare the health insurance you get at work to the health insurance you are entitled to through Medicare. Medicare might be better or your work might be better, but at least you will be informed. Ryan works for you, but you don't have to pay him. He's paid by the insurance companies. This compensation is regulated, so Ryan doesn't push one plan over another. He just explains everything, supplements, advantage plans, Part D prescription in simple terms so that you can understand. And he will find you the health insurance plan tailored to your needs. Give him a call, 314-368-6808. That's Ryan Raphael at 314-368-6808. Or look him up online, MedicareManSTL.com. Now it's time for the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Presented each week by the St. Louis County Library. On the Big 550. Well, you see, I spell them like they sound, you know. KTRS. Yang Shi Chu is a New York Times bestselling author whose new novel is The Fox Wife. One of Ms. Chu's earlier books, The Ghost Bride, is now a Netflix series. Another, The Night Tiger, is a Reese Witherspoon book club pick. And Ms. Chu will be in St. Louis on Tuesday, February 20th at 7 p.m. at the Grants View branch to talk about her new book, The Fox Wife. Her appearance, by the way, is presented in partnership with the Very Asian Foundation, a nonprofit whose co-founder and president is KSTK anchor Michelle Lee. Yang Shi Chu, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Oh, I love your voice. Tell us about the setting for this historical novel. Well, it's set in Manchuria in 1908, um, which is now northeast China. And the setting for the book was actually dictated by the habitat of the fox. Um, Because I had to figure out where foxes naturally occur. And it is also the historical site of the ancient fox religion, um, which probably originated in in Mongolia and spread to northeast China, Korea, and then Japan. Tell us a little bit more about the significance of the fox fox. in this fox religion. Um, You know, the fox is a shapeshifter in East Asian literature. And when I was a child, I listened to so many stories about these strange creatures that would assume the form of very attractive people and do all sorts of tricky things, as one would expect from the nature of a fox. Um, Everything from, like, stealing your gold wine cups to um, sometimes (laughs) killing people. (laughs) um, Okay, Yeah, and I thought that these creatures are always talked about from a human perspective. You know, the archetypal story is from a scholar's perspective when he there's a knock on the door and a beautiful woman comes in. And later on, he discovers, oh my goodness, she's not human, which raises all sorts of 
questions um, which intrigue me. You know, what is the point of the story? Who are these creatures? And what I always wanted to know was, why do they come? What is their purpose for seeking out people? Um, so the fox wife is my exploration of the world outside that half-open door in the evening. How much research is required uh, when you when you begin a project? It sounds like it is rather exhaustive. <laughs> well, well, you know the wonderful thing about writing fiction is that one gets to indulge in one's hobbies under the guise <laughs> of research. <laughs> so <laughs> I was already, you know, very taken with boxes, and I was interested in folklore and stories. So I knew quite a lot about them. I've been reading about them in my spare time. But I also have to confess to you that I really enjoyed going down a lot of rapid holes of research. Um, so I read a lot of, um, not only about the um, the ancient cult of the fox, as well as, um, as well as the other things that are connected to it, such as animal worship, etc., but also many historic, quote-unquote, eyewitness accounts of encounters, some of which were really interesting and, and somewhat disjointed. Have you ever recorded one of your own novels as an audiobook? I, I knew she was going to say this before <laughs> you answer because she and I have worked together long enough to know. I know she can read my mind. I can read her mind. And we both believe that you have the most oh. beautiful speaking voice we have ever heard. Ever. Oh, that is that is so kind of you. I wish my husband would agree. Sometimes I tell him, dear, take out the garbage. And he's like, oh. completely ignoring me. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> that is very kind of you. Um, I, did, I have actually recorded all three of my audiobooks. Um, so if, if you enjoy audiobooks, there they are, if, if you would like to, to listen to them. Oh, well, wow. I'm I'm more of a reader, but I'm I'm going to get an audio book because honestly, you could listen Beautiful. to your voice all day. Oh my gosh! And I was thinking when you said sometimes these foxes. Uh, turn into beautiful women, and then somebody says it's not a woman at all. I bet there are a lot of husbands who have said that about oh, their wives, given yes. the right situation. <laughs> Yangshi, where did you grow up, and where do you live now? Well, I currently live in Northern California, and I am originally from Malaysia. But I grew up in a number of different places around the world because of my father's job. Um, so when I was little, I lived in Germany, West Germany, which is why, which is why I talk like this, because I went to I went to English schools, and after that, um, besides living in Malaysia, I also lived in Japan and also Sweden for a while. Wow, the the St. Louis uh, County Library is such a treasure uh, here in in St. Louis. What is it like for you? You know, we've we visited with other authors as part of our book club, and we have so much fun. Uh, speaking with them, and obviously you, but they say it's such a solitary, uh, it's such a solitary work, and how much you enjoy getting out and and actually visiting with your readers is is it like that for you too? Yes, actually, I think as an avid reader myself, I really love talking to fellow readers. It's like these are my people, the book people. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I think that's why, you know, book clubs are so much fun because everybody reads a novel or a book and has a different 
take on it. And it is that exchange of ideas that is so delightful. I do love meeting readers, and I love hearing what they have to say. Have you been to St. Louis before? No, this will be my first time, and I am very, very excited. Um, I actually have never been, but I watched that Judy Garland movie when I was little. <laughs> so I think it's a movie in St. Louis. I'm super excited. Uh, well, I think you're going to adore St. Louis readers. They are so exuberant about their books. Yang Shi Chu has a new novel, The Fox Wife. She'll be at the St. Louis County Library on Tuesday, uh, February 20th at the Grants View branch. You can just go to slcl.org for more. Yang Shi Chu, thank you so much for joining us and I, for one, will be listening to an audio book because, oh, again, absolutely. you're a great writer and your voice is heavenly. Heaven. Heavenly. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure and an honor to talk to you. <laughs> is there something Thank wrong you. with us that both Wendy and I were wondering, what does she sound like when she curses? When she curses. <laughs> She's still this friendly and sounding. Angelic, I guarantee you. <laughs> you know, the time may come for you when you need to think about the next step for your parents. And this can be challenging. Wendy and I have both been through this. So we want to tell you about the absolute best in the business at McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care. Because the owners of McKnight Place are local uh, all caps, uh, upper upper font, uh, with each having an on-site office. They are dedicated completely to the St. Louis region, and they are deeply invested in the day-to-day operations and the lives of all concerned. Residents and family members with questions or concerns have access to those decision makers. And I can tell you from experience, uh, do not ever underestimate the importance of, of, of that privilege. Uh, McKnight Place Assisted Living has luxury apartments, and they're all different sizes. You can get large suites or two-bedroom apartments. There's a range of options for square footage. And whenever somebody moves into an assisted living and memory care, it's a transition, right? It's a transition for all of us when we move. At McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care, they help that transition along and make sure that the new residents are connected with the residents who already live there. They have a diverse schedule of activities. They have daily happy hour, 4 o'clock, with appetizers, drinks, and live entertainment four times a week, along with the weekly linen service, daily housekeeping, personal laundry services, assistance with dressing and showering as needed, and medication management and administration. So please call Leslie, Kelly, or Gretchen today to schedule a tour at 314-993-993. 3333. Tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you and you will receive a special offer. All little boys love trains at some point, right? Depending on their age. I think so. I think so. My niece Taylor is expecting her second son tomorrow. So today they took the first son, Mikey Hahn, on a train adventure in the city of Chicago because he's two and at that place where... He loves trains. So they're spending the day on... On a train. What are they? The L in Chicago? The L. I've been there to visit her, but I've never been on the L. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think those I think those trains in metropolitan areas are... You, you, I, I don't know that I've ever had a feeling of being more American than I did on the subway in New York City. Oh, yes. Because everybody, there's every, every person from every walk of life is on that subway train. 
Well, I was explaining to some of the young people at Channel 5 when we were there for the Hall of Fame that when I was 25 back then, in the olden days, you had to make videotapes. In the ancient world. Yes, and I sent out 60, and every news director had a huge box of VHS tapes. Um, And it just so happened the assistant news director went by and pulled mine out of the big box. And as it turned out, Monty Salisbury, the assistant news director at the time, was a train fanatic. He loved everything and anything about trains. Coincidentally, the first story on my audition tape was was about about Amtrak. And what would happen to this American institution if Amtrak lost funding. This is back in 1979. So that, my friends, was a stroke of luck. Yeah. And I've always loved trains, and I especially love taking the train to Chicago. I loved, I I can't tell you the last time I was on a train, but I do love train travel. And anybody who is listening who went to Mizzou, uh, who is from St. Louis, knows that David David Bussey, and I've never actually had an opportunity to meet him face to face, but we've known each other on Facebook for a very, very long time. And he is, um, he is just like that. I mean, his entire life has been devoted, obviously, to his family and then to trains. Um, he, was a, he was an award-winning journalist out in Los Angeles, a uh, photojournalist in Los Angeles, covered the Rodney King trial, the, the – um, uh, why can't we all get along? Why can't I remember the name? Why do I? Right on the tip of my this? tongue. Rodney, <laughs> I can see his face. Rodney King. Yes, <laughs> he was. He was there for all of that. Um, but oh, he loves trains, and so he will have photos on Facebook of these old. I mean, it's just it's a it's a beautiful form of transportation. And then you see the pictures of the trains. Now that I'm talking about it, my phone is listening. <laughs> All we these will, trains are coming the, up. Well, the trains will come up, but there there are trains that go into the Alps. And, you know, where you have the domes and these, it's like the Orient Express. Oh, and it's like, eight. I always wanted to go in the oh, Orient Express. Oh, me too. And um, so many of the, the, you know, the tickets cost like astronomical mm, prices. Mm-hmm. But it would, would that be a once-in-a-lifetime bucket list thing? Well, back in 1979, and I lived in Toledo, a friend of mine who worked at a radio station and was a radio producer helped me choose the music for that piece on Amtrak funding. He went on. He he was from New York City. He was it, moved did to he Toledo. go to the city of New Orleans? Was it? Uh... No, I don't remember the name of the song, but I recently heard it again on my audition tape. I, I'm so sorry I can't think of the name of it. It was something old-timey that I had never heard. But this friend of mine who helped me, Guy Guy Ludwig Laudisi, went on to become uh, Gene Shalit's producer on the Today Show. And when Guy lived in Toledo, he didn't have a driver's license. He was a New York City guy. So he lived in Toledo, worked at a radio station. I last saw him in the 80s when I went to New York City met up with him, and we went to the Russian Tea Room. And I've not kept in touch with him. But every year since then, I get a Christmas card from him. And apparently I'm remiss at returning it because I've been here for seven years, and those Christmas cards still go to the APA where I worked recently. And he's like, by the way, could you uh, let me know how you're doing these days? When he retired, Gene Shalit died, as you know. When Guy Ludwig retired from the Today Show... 
He got married kind of late in life. He serves drinks on Amtrak. He's been on every Amtrak. I mean, he lives in New York City on Roosevelt Island where he's lived all his life. And then they have an apartment, a house somewhere else, you know, in New England. But he sent pictures of himself in a little white coat serving cocktails on Amtrak. Oh, my god! The guy loves Amtrak. And I really do feel like the reason I got hired was because, because he helped me. And then this Monty Salisbury, if, if he could, couldn't have cared less about trains, I mean, it might have, might well have gone back in the pile. Sure. So we all have these strokes of luck yeah. that help us. We'd love to hear from your from you on yours, but, you know, we're coming to the end of the program. But 84126. And somebody was asking us about something having to do with the text line. And I explained that you and I are in the shallow end of the tech gene pool. (laughs) So that's one of the reasons why we have Connor McCarthy. Yeah, we are unable to help you. I'm sorry if you're having any any trouble with the text. Yeah, like why do I get a KTRS? Thank you. Do I text too much? In our view, nobody texts too much. No, we, we love tr- it. We can't always read all of them, but we love hearing them. We adore it when you uh, when you text us. Somebody you know very much enjoyed your training. People story. get random thank yous for texting KTRS. And I think whenever they text, they get a text back, an automatic response, right, that says, thank you for texting the text line. Maybe it's haunted because I think this person gets the thank yous, or maybe they're not keeping track. That's the thing about texting, texting conversations. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm so old school here, but I always feel like (laughs) I should say hello or goodbye. Or, by the way, we're in the middle of this text conversation, but I'm about to drive, so I I won't be responding in a timely manner. Well, and then occasionally, don't you have have that sort of gnawing suspicion, did they get this text? Right, if they don't say anything. But Connor has a different point of view, right? Uh, with texting? Yeah. If you like, so there's, say you have a couple of chunks of text, text chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, what's to say that one of the chunks isn't missing? You know, like, like we don't. You, when oh, we, I guess. Oh, are you referring to how if I, like if the conversation is over, I'll just right. kind of let it, let it, let it go. I don't feel the need to respond. If right. you said something, then there's, there's no need for a Right. Response. And I'm more like, well, this concludes our texting conversation for this yeah. hour, BFF or whoever Talk I'm to texting. You later. Bye-bye for right. now. But, you know, what's the point of that? You That's know, you, certain, you're you you're going to talk to them again at some point. You know, you'll pick up the conversation. Then. What if you've asked a question and you don't get an answer? Uh, well, that's not the that's not an end of a conversation, right? That's you asking asking a question and not getting a response. Then, then, then I'll send another text. Question, you know, or another hey, what's question going mark. On? And Just maybe you get a response the next day or... Well, you know, I don't know their schedule. Maybe they were busy. We really do sound like the Baldwin sisters. I mean, we're still trying to figure out texting, and it's 2024. No, I text all the time, but when people just leave me hanging, it's like, Let's what? start wearing those little lacy collars and have a crystal decanter of Papa's recipe in the corner. That would be fun. John Carney, Julie Buck up next, everyone. Thank you for texting in to the Royal Banks of Missouri text line. Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started And before